Hello, uh, I, I'm Brian, and this is Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Hi, everyone. And uh, this is Reality Issues, <laughs> episode uh, seven. It is, uh, let's see, it is 6.47 p.m. here in uh, on the East Coast, Wednesday, the 4th of uh, May. Four o'clock over there. I assume as long as time yeah, hasn't changed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Time, time, time hasn't shifted that far. <laughs> okay. Um, I did feel discombobulated a little though, because I. So I, I've mentioned, you know, that I'm moving. Right. And so, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm done with like all of the like major moving, like mm-hmm. everything, all the major shit, all the actual shit is em- is like in mm-hmm. the storage units empty and all the things, right? So that's cool. Yeah. Um. And so, like, you know, I, I, I went to the, that, like, shopping spree where it's like, oh, shit, I need, like, kitchen towels, right? Yeah. That shit. So, like, today I was like, oh, now I need the, like, um, now I need the shopping spree of, like, all these things that, like, I didn't realize I needed when I first got here. You know, like, I need, a, a like, a fan. I need okay. a fan, yeah. right? Like, so I need, you know, and that's fine. It's whatever, you know. I was a big guy. Uh, I had to go, now I had to go find a fan. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking awful. In the summer, you're going to need to find one of those uh, humidifiers, too, which is, like, the even worse hunt to, like, go to mm-hmm. the the right Home Depot that has one and a half of them left, and you have to f- mm-hmm. find the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, humidity here has been incredibly low already. I mean, that's why, I mean huge fire risk here in new mexico right now it's just bonkers but um yeah no like like my sinuses have just like shriveled into a raisin it's very terrible very (laughs) terrible no good no bueno uh yeah it's we finally had some rain here and it's uh it's been um in the 80s and it finally feels like it's the season that it's supposed to be on the calendar um and uh yeah it's um a good time to to watch some reality television i suppose in general with everything that the way that it is <laughs> um and i feel like yeah i mean i feel like part of the good thing is that like who wants to be outside when it's too hot like and it's like all smoky out here right now so like that's right who wants to be out of doors that's right speaking of uh we've spoken a couple times of the adsb exchange and how that's like a wealth of data that's kind of entertainment in some way if you really want it to be and i remember just a couple days ago looking i, I followed that uh circular advisory on twitter that you mm-hmm. talked about and i was able to look see in, um like a, a plane that was putting out a fire uh, that was flying circles to scoop water out of a lake, and you could see its like path. The whole that I found that quite an incredible thing to be able to just like randomly come across. Um, so that was some of my entertainment this week too, is watching all those <laughs> yeah. things. Um, so how's it, it going out really there with cool. that? How's how's that going out there? Is it like close to um, civilization, or is it out in the middle of nowhere? I mean, yeah. I mean, so it's close to uh, Las Vegas, New Mexico, mm-hmm. which is like you know, like an hour and a chunk, an hour twenty north of here. I think more or less. I don't know. I don't really, I don't really keep track of time and distance in the same way I used to in New Mexico, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like the way I did in L.A., where it was like like you knew exactly how many minutes it was to chatsworth from your location or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and like now like and part of it is because like one like i don't care like i'm doing like 60 and a 75 like i just i don't give a shit anymore um and then two like everyone's doing that right so like you know it's fine anyway yeah anyway um 
Yeah, and that's a that's a speed limit that doesn't exist in many states. Uh, I guess you might be like seventy five. How does that even exist? Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mexico has some wild speed limits. Um, and yet, nobody really. I mean, lots of people go seventy five and over. Even oh yeah, like ninety is quite common. Ninety is like, extremely common. Like as, yeah, yeah, like just you know and. Like I've been, I've been driving uh, the 285, which is not an interstate, but it's a New Mexico highway, and uh, it's like mostly empty. And like I, I insist on doing the speed limit though, because I'm a or or under, because I'm just I'm, I'm just that kind of a person. I like to take her easy and just enjoy the enjoy the ride, enjoy the view, as is, it were. Is that the route where you pass the, pass the uh, giant pistachio? Um, yes. Okay. Sweet. Well, no, you don't pass oh. the giant. You pass the sign that announces oh. the giant pistachio, <laughs> but then you take you could take a spur off of the 285 that takes you to Alamogordo. So, like 285 South takes you down to like um, Roswell, takes you down to like Carlsbad. I think beyond that, um, that's where I've been going. I've been going to uh, a lovely place called Roswell, New Mexico, a yeah. lot lately. Yeah, yeah. It's- it's a it's a popular tourist attraction, so I understand yeah. why you might be spending time there. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. It just I, I just keep watching the skies, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know you'll have to go for that convention. You'll be like a, a, a local at that point. You can guide them down to the the, the basement elevator. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So. Uh, it's been smoky um so like north of here is las vegas new mexico which is a a delight of a town may i add um but it um has seen a lot of evacuations right now um in that area uh because like everything's threatened mora new mexico is threatened right now as well and it's just it's scary you know, like uh, we saw what happened in like Colorado and stuff, and you know nobody wants that shit to happen. So, yeah, yeah. Have you? Well, if we're gonna get back to to the <laughs> yeah, well, this is real. I mean, it this is, is real, right? This is, is like rescue nine one one. That's exactly it. So, yeah, I, I'm 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 uh, I'm in the mood to slot everything into the category of reality right now. No, I th- I think we should. I, I don't of... think we're incorrect. Yeah. Speaking of, um, when it comes to documentary-style television, that I think is reality television in a way, um, we were recently kind of chatting, but I had I'd watched a few videos of, uh, of someone that some of our audience, if they're from California, might be familiar with or some of the region, but um, uh, the, the magic of Hul Hauser, rest in peace, uh, and yes. his beautiful documentary show he made for many years, um, which is now all currently available on YouTube, as I found out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Fascinating program. For many years, one of the one of the universities, I think, got the archives, his archives, I think, and is also mm-hmm. like in the middle of like digitizing a bunch of stuff. It wow. should be really fun. Yeah, it's 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 really incredible. I found the episode. If you've ever seen the movie The Salt and Sea with uh, like Val Kilmer, or you just heard about the Salt and Sea, or have seen it in, de- depicted in all kinds of pop culture, go go watch that episode of his uh, where he just goes and interviews a few people, walks around, interviews the local sheriff and stuff. It's uh. I found it incredibly fascinating. Um, uh, it really told you a lot in a very short amount of time. It's only like twenty minutes, but um, I. Huel is also yeah. like like a California hero. Like he is um, he is beloved. Um, I think among Californians, like who like 
like really grew up in California, like because you were like watching PBS and shit growing up, right? So like, I yeah. mean, I've I've talked a lot about like my love of the new Yankee workshop, right? Mm-hmm. That's because I watched a lot of PBS, as you know, as as I, I think one does, one do. Um, and uh, Huel was always on like our local PBS channels in Los Angeles, and I imagine that just like. Um, other parts of the country i'm sure they have amazing pbs channels too there's probably like a local variant of huel everywhere you know yeah we have a show kind of similar to his it's about like local history that has a narrator that kind of does very similar kind of thing um from the local university i guess produces it here but um uh it has a similar flavor but huel is much cooler Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that that is all true too. I mean, Huel is also like he's also like an excitable character. Like he gets incredibly excited about the craziest stuff. Like I mean, I, the avocado eating dog is I think one of his most famous <laughs> clips. Um but one of my personal favorites is also when he goes to Solvang. Um and most people know Solvang, California is like it's like this like little Dutch town. For some reason, mm-hmm. like it's just built as like a Dutch town. Well, I think it was like settled by Dutch immigrants, actually. I think it's the real reason. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think it was just because they like wanted like a Disneyland Dutch land or whatever. Um, but that's kind of what it feels like also. Anyway, um, they're also in that area. There's there's like a lot of famousness for like like pea soup. For some reason, mm. I think it's I think it's oh. traditional Dutch. I'm not yeah, sure. I've so like heard, Anderson's I've pea soup. Anderson's is up there. pea soup. That's it. I've heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> so here's Huel in this adorable little town uh, with you know uh, pea soup. Uh, I imagine at his disposal. Yeah. And um, instead, he he. Well, I guess maybe I shouldn't say instead. Like like also in addition to. He goes to uh, the local shoe store there in Solvang, which has a giant shoe outside of its place of establishment. And Huel is so taken, so delighted by this giant shoe that he actually goes in and is like, you got to tell me about the giant shoe. And then he continues to then proceeds to then in conversation with the business proprietor, just have a whole conversation about the history of the shoe. That's what I want to do. How long they'd had it. Yeah, no, it was what amazing. It was just delightful. What a dream. The Solvang shoe. That's the next one you should Google. Yeah, I want to go into um want to go into Santa Fe boot or that one. Any yeah, with them. the boot outside. Yeah, yeah and the, I just the, want to walk in. Guy. I just want to walk in there and be like, hey, what's going on? Like <laughs> What's your story? How long have you been running this boot shop for? Like, <laughs> clearly there's a story there. Anyone who's been running a store that specific has a story worth hearing for at least 10 minutes. Like, um, has to. And yeah, and we will call our profile toot it or boot it. <laughs> That's what we will call I it. I like it. I like that one. Um, <laughs> trying to think of a boot scoot and boogie. On, but I can't <laughs> oh, I like get the that right way. words in there. I can't switch the words. We'll in. workshop it. See, yeah. we're not supposed to. See, that's the whole thing. People think like, oh, everybody should be able to improv comedy on the fly. That's not true. That's why people have writers' rooms. So I did know. technically classify this podcast now as a uh, as a comedy podcast. Um, if you laugh at it, that's your choice. <laughs> uh, no guarantees, though. You know, exactly. no guarantees. Yeah, this think of this as a primordial soup for comedy. 
And if I'd like to think, yeah, I'd like to think that you're getting a laugh, you know? <laughs> I'm laughing. I'd like to think we're funny, mm-hmm. you know? It works, though. If you classify things as a comedy podcast, you get more listens. Um, turns out learning isn't a category that people necessarily go to mag- magnetize to, I suppose. That's rude. That's yeah, rude. it turns out, that, cat- teacher, <laughs> it turns out that category isn't arbitrary and it actually means something. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I, well, we're not like bug profilers, you know. We're not like talking to people about like you know anything really actually like educational. Like, I mean, it's funny because like I mean, I say that, but like you know, Huel was considered entertainment. Absolutely. And, I'm sorry, educational. You know, like Huel was put on quite frequently on things like you know, like our history classes or something. You know, like whenever there was a sub, like like. Oh, here comes, <laughs> you know, like here, here comes, uh, like some PBS show watching cause the substitutes here. Or something. Oh yeah, I don't know. exactly. I remember they used to have that tag at the end of shows that was like, save this for your classroom or like, it's okay yeah. to record this. Yeah. Cable in the classroom yeah. as the program was called. Yeah. yeah that was yeah. when you get, get your, uh, Linda Ellerby coming into your class with Nick news. That's when you would get like, uh, <laughs> all the classics. I think you would get like. Oh, some real good ones. Um, a lot of them off of like Nickelodeon at like 5 a.m. They would run, and then you would have to record that for your class, I guess. That's when I watch Nick News, anyway. Um, oh, but lately, uh, what, what have you been watching lately? Um, what, um, what have you so been into I mean, in the reality world? In the reality world, um, I got really, really deep into... Um, season three of american crime story which has uh come up on the podcast before so american crime story um it's those people who did the american horror story series um and so like i i guess like you know i guess they then started doing like these fictionalized retellings of these famous cases um the first one was the oj one the second one was the johnny versace andrew kunanen one and then yeah, now this one's yeah, yeah terrifying, right? We, again, we've it's come up a bunch on on the show. And then the season three, which came out like last year, um, yeah. at some point, and I don't remember when. But again, like there's so much, there's so much content. How is one to keep up? It was a big um, hit. I know it was it was pop. It was in media everywhere when it came out. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, so I, I I sat down and started watching it and. Uh, I got pretty, I, I didn't finish it. I, I think I'm like two, I, I don't remember how many episodes there are, but I, I got really far. Um, I got to the point where, um, so like they kind of start like at the very, very, I'll say beginning when Monica Lewinsky and Linda Tripp first meet. Oh, okay. Um, and it kind of goes, and then, then that's where the story then that's when we jump into it. There's like, I think, I think there's like some flashback sequences, but that's really where the story is. Um, so when Monica and Linda trip first me, and now I'm at the point where um, the news has just broken. Linda trip has just broken the news that um, Monica is involved with the president. Mm. Okay. How far into the show is that actually? So it's like three, 
for us. I have no idea. I have no idea how many episodes. I mean, yeah. I was just like, you know, I was just staring at the TV. Yeah. I've again no idea how much time actually. And those American Crime elapsed. Stories, the episode times are all like irregular too. Like some of them are like almost ninety minutes, and some of them are like. 55 so that's what i remember from the last uh series that i watched the see like i didn't even notice one. that yeah they're they're like kind of randomly length uh, depending on <laughs> yeah. i assume however they edited it um yeah anyway it's amazing cool. um and i yes. i think yeah. the thing that like stuck out for me the most because i well one i was a child when that all happened i was like right. 12 right yeah. i was like a, a kid yeah we had um, no context to understand that yeah um you know and it, it, i just I, I mean there were a couple of funny observations right there's like a couple where of like where there's clinton and he's like walking these hallways very dramatically through like the white house you know whatever mm-hmm. you know and there's all these photos of all these presidents around him and like portraits i mean yeah. you know and there's like these very dramatic shots of him like looking at those photographs and pensive you know very pensively looking at them and i'm like man you know if i were bill i'd be sitting there in the white house being like man but all these guys got their dick sucked in here and and uh and he got to choose his desk from a variety of previous presidents too so oh really yeah, yeah so see he, even better he got to he had to know which president he was going to be uh participating in all of that with yeah right yeah, with, right see? next to him spiritually i don't know whose desk that was but we can find out who spiritually was alongside him for the ride um that's hilarious it's funny to think about that i don't know yeah. what you and now someone else maybe i'm maybe that desk is in storage maybe today's president is using it. i honestly don't know the answer to that oh, um that's great yeah, it's like, isn't that a funny fact? Like when, yeah, when a president comes in, they give him like a little like roster of like, here's here's the desks we have hot and ready for you. Um, here's six of them. You know, here's like Lincoln's desk, Taft's desk, all these you know other ones. There's like uh, mm-hmm. one of them is made from like a, the wreckage of like the the endurance or something like that. Like a, okay, yeah. yeah, or no, it was yeah, it was the ship, yeah, the Shackleton the ship. It was like some wood recovered was like made into a desk or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> insane wow. let's see yeah but uh, all i know is that's the one i would want <laughs> hmm. i don't know which desk i'd want you want yeah, the one that's a good... i feel like i'd want nixon's desk actually i mean we've i, yeah, I, I feel like I, I have a I've, I have a lot of personal sympathy for nixon even though i hate him i mean i hate them all but yeah i, I could... feel like he's my favorite of the main characters i feel like there's a lot of uh poetic uh there's a lot of poetry to be exercised you know from the, using that desk for something that's not <laughs> treacherous so that would be a good choice yeah one day one day uh anything else uh, you've been checking out um i started but didn't finish harlan county usa okay. um i just i just got distracted is really more than anything absolutely um and then uh but i've also I, like on it, it doesn't really count as reality tv because it's not really reality it's not it's, it's it's like completely fictional but like uh okay. I, i've been watching better call saul the All new right. season and i say it's not completely fictional but of course like if you live in albuquerque like like that's not true it, exactly yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I wanted to shout out here that if you're hurt, you should call Bert. It's like a real attorney that is in Albuquerque. Yeah. And if you are seeking a personal injury attorney, he is definitely the one 
that you want. I want to, so I have like a little Better Call Saul mat, like fridge magnet. Yeah. I want to get one of Hurt Call Bert and put it right next to it. Like, I, I feel like it would just really complete it for me. So I'm in, I'm in the market. Keep an eye out. <laughs> I, uh, I have always loved how attached those productions have come to their, um, uh, their their town and uh, if you talk to anyone in the area almost every single person who works in the film industry in the area has a story about working somewhere related to the set or like they you know their best friend did or something like that um, it's amazing how like in the community you can't go too far without talking to someone who's worked on that so it's definitely uh, it's uh, those two shows hold a, a special place for anyone in the you know New Mexico film industry uh, and rest in peace to those shows I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll probably guarantee they'll do another movie probably with Mike I assume because his character is getting oh. a little uh, his 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 actor is getting a little older but also um, I think if anyone had unfinished business for the audience it would be him hmm. you would want to know his like the beginning of his story finally and, and he even said that uh, if anything was ever to be made with his character he would want it to be his origin story so huh. maybe we'll see that That'd be cool. I also just want to point out that um, Bob Odenkirk, I still love you. Uh, yeah. That has not changed. Yes. Um, and that, uh, yeah, that I, you know, I'd, I'd love to just, you know, just say hi and have a starstruck moment yes. of running into Bob Odenkirk. Although that may never happen. I mean, unless one day they come back to film like the Ermin Trout origin or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Ermin Trout origins. That's what I. <laughs> The Ermin Troutman. <laughs> yeah, him and his crew of whatever they were up to. <laughs> they Troutman say, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe like episode uh, ten or nine of the season, they'll have like that episode. Maybe that was a whole runaround to get you excited for the origin story of Mike. Um, better. <laughs> yeah, anyway, but that's all I've really been watching. I mean, the the impeachment is. Uh, that that re that retelling was uh probably the mo- just the most again the most fascinating thing that i've been watching recently yeah. um also because like matt drudge appears as a character it's like the That's matt drudge origin story so actually strange i didn't know that yeah um so he is played by i think it said billy eichner mm-hmm. in that fucking thing that i was looking at um Anyway, it was it was just weird. Okay, so like there I was, like just having like a moment of like, oh, here I am learning about all of these uh uh just machinations. I just gotta say, like, I hate Linda Tripp right now. Yeah. Like I detest her. Um What was her motivation if 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 you know already for um doing everything she did and 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 going from just a person who had confidence to like sharing the information like what was the determining thing that did that for her so if if i'm going by what i'm learning here in american crime story if i take it it's like gospel as it were Mm -hmm. um it appears that linda tripp was basically just being a dramatic bitch i I don't know how else to say it like she was doing it for the drama like she was doing it to be messy like it's like at least according to this like like everyone like um like there's people who glom on to paula jones um i i just i just want to also mention that one of the people who gloms on 
to Paula Jones is played by Judith Light. Huh. Who, okay. if you watch Law and Order SVU in any kind of regularity, you yeah. know is also a regular player on Law and Order SVU and is just amazing. And of course, she was the mom and who's the boss. Anyway, yeah. Judith Light is delightful. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she's in it and she plays one of these like weird conservative nut jobs that like gloms on to the Paula Jones story. Uh-huh. Like, Paula Jones appears to be like a pretty naive young woman who like just got fucking manhandled by Clinton and is now stuck in the middle of this like hubbub, right? right? That's what at least her character seems to be playing out as. Her husband is portrayed as some like weird conservative Republican who's just like, who just is like, I have a vendetta, right? Mm. But this like weird right winger like has this like, like determination to bring down Clinton mm. is, and that's the person who plays, uh, uh, is played by Judith Light. And apparently, despite the fact that Linda Tripp was a Republican, she had no ulterior political motive. She was like, this isn't because he's a Democrat or anything. It's, he was basically saying, she was basically saying in the story, it's because he treated Monica so poorly. But it's like, girl, it ain't your fucking business. Like, you know, like... Like, yeah, he did treat her poorly. And uh, certainly there are, I I think, definitely ethical dilemmas with, you know, banging anybody when you're the president. Plenty of room for that, yeah. To be Um, that is. But that said, right, like, despite whatever indiscretions might have occurred in their relationship, at the end of the day, like, it's not really any of our fucking business and certainly not Linda Tripp's business. No. Now, if it had been her business because she thought, like, some kind of, like, grievous injury to the fucking Republic had occurred, maybe. I would buy that, that that was, like, her motivation. But she really, truly, in this series, comes off as simply doing it because she then gets addicted to the press that starts happening Mm. as these rumors start to, like... Not just swell around, like, because they're not public yet, but the rumors started to swell around, you know, the building. They started to swell around, like, the staff, right? Like, what's going on? Like, this is weird. And why did a reporter come knocking at my door? Like, this is bizarre, right? Like, so all of this weird stuff starts happening, and everyone is like, well, I'll bet Linda Tripp knows, right? So, like, everyone started asking her questions, and then that was basically what happened. She got addicted to being the center of attention, essentially. It was like she was like a narcissism. Yeah. Um, wow. And then that's it. And then that's it. That, that was, it was because she just couldn't mind her own fucking business. That's wild. That really, um, that really kind of winds me up to watch that. It makes me want to see like yeah. what, yeah. Because that, that's not an angle that I was even really aware of was uh, the thread. And that is exciting to hear as like part of a TV show. Cause... Yeah, no, it was it was bananas. Because yeah. she, she really, she really, see, like in the same way that like Johnny Versace wasn't the focus of the Versace murder season, like he was, right? Like, like yeah. what he, happens to him is like, it's, it's like the whole reason we're there but the person we start following in that is andrew kunanen right 
and we we start by fall anyway so very similarly we start over here following linda tripp and monica lewinsky when they first meet and then it's and, and then it's just mm. yeah the first scene yeah in, in that american crime story is is those two interacting in the crime as it were like in the very beginning and then um with uh, the murder of Gianni Versace. And I found that to be like, and then I was like, oh, well, who is this guy? And then I was like, well, there's, that's what the show's about. Who's this guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they tell Who's you. Who's this guy? Yeah. And every time they tell you something, you want to know less. <laughs> uh, I mean, really, you want to know everything about that man, but, you know, uh, he was never able to be uh, interviewed. So, uh that was that was something actually about that American crime story that I found so interesting was that um, a lot of it had to be fictionalized because there was no way to ever get um, information on like what happened except for like evidence that he left behind. So they had kind of had to c- construct um, a story. Um, and then, of course, the story they construct is a fun um, adventure for you, the viewer, and terror in other ways. But also like a lot of it is unverifiable in that you just kind of have to use your imagination and boy did they <laughs> man hello oh shit huh hello weird very weird come back weird it ended early i don't know why hmm it said uh i don't know maybe my like premium zoom subscription expired or something i'll have to like check my thing oh no yeah it just ended for me i just got like hey it's over and i was like wait what yeah and I. so i thought like it was i thought it was restarting because sometimes it'll fucking do that you know so hello there audience we're back now uh (laughs) zoom was being problematic um you know, a great opportunity for Zoom uh, to fail would be if we were able to interview um, a new friend of the show, uh, Danielle Lindemann, the author of the book that I've been talking about. She now follows me on Twitter. So, Oh, delightful. Congratulations to us. Hopefully I can talk to her very soon uh, uh, and uh, we can get an interview because uh, someone with a PhD who wants to talk to us about reality television would be uh, quite a get and quite interesting. And I'm sure that we'd have uh, uh, we could talk forever, really. So, I'm gonna do my best. To she bring could. It to she, she. She could brag about us at, at her. Mm-hmm. You know, with all of her PhD students, and yeah. Next thing you know, we're like doing the college circuit. Exactly. Exactly. Just doing all kinds of like post 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 modern philosophical types of lectures about reality it'll it'll be a hit it'll be a hit i was uh i was i was thinking to myself reality tv was something i was interested in at the time and then that book showed up on the new york times like book review and i was like wow that's crazy and then i opened it up and i was like here's an outline of things that look interesting to me and then bam i was already watching reality tv for a while but that made me think about it in an extra few levels and um and now here we are with the podcast so well, I'm really excited that now that all of my <laughs> books are unpacked, um, that I can actually like go back to some of the like I, I haven't, as you can see, they're all behind me now. Uh, but I haven't like yes. like all I've all I've managed to do is organize them by by subject. I haven't like I didn't really take a moment to go. Okay, what should I what should I return to? 
now that I think about how we define reality. So that that's that's going to be like I think my next philosophical dive. I, I hope to also read a book. Yeah, if you have any um, authors, you know, that you would like us to talk to or otherwise, I'm sure they'd like to talk to us. Every author out there like to sell a book or two. So um, send them on our way. Um, Kathy, if you read a book and you have an author, just contact them on Twitter. It turns out they'll just contact you back and follow you. Yeah, so. right. No, that's that's uh, the best parts of Twitter, right? Uh, you, like you, it's uh, You have more followers than, uh, than uh, Miss Lindemann. So um, <laughs> uh, you can promote her book for her. She'd love the assistance. I would love to. I would I would be delighted. And I would also let I like I'd actually really like if there's who knows, like maybe there's an author listening to us right now exactly. that we don't even know that you're there. Precisely. And so authors, writers. Let us know. Mm-hmm. Give us a little ping. We'll make sure to get a Zoom premium so that our call isn't interrupted and halfway through. Uh <laughs> we can use mine until then. It's fine. <laughs> like everyone has it, right? Like <laughs> So, so like I like maybe it's maybe it's just the thing that's happening because like I don't know. So like so like I had I, I had Amazon Prime, but it's not uh-huh. that like I had Amazon Prime. I think it's that one of my exes had Amazon Prime, oh, and then okay. like I was on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and then as of like four days ago, I don't have Amazon Prime anymore. That's unfortunate. No, I know. So like, I, I it was like a surprise. I didn't know, you know. It's and not, yeah, uh, it's not a good surprise if you need something in two days. And... I didn't need anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I, I mean, you know, I don't. I don't need anything anymore. You know, I feel like, I, I feel like I if either one of two things happened, either my ex has booted me off of Amazon Prime, or what I actually think is more likely mm-hmm. that they too have decided I don't want to fucking pay for this bullshit anymore. Oh, okay. You know, that's I, I, actually what I think might have happened. They they were never much of a TV or anything watcher, oh, okay. you know. So yeah, at a minimum, I, don't blame I need them. all my streaming services, so I, I just got to have that. So I'm a, I, I'm, I'm I a mean, nut when it comes to that stuff. I have to have them all. Uh, but yeah, see now, now I I don't I don't now I just want to be very strategic. I feel like. I, like I'm very upset that like I don't have rabbit ears and not that it matters because mm. like what what would I be able to get? Nothing probably. Yeah, the local networks broadcast. Actually, the funny thing is the local networks broadcast in a quality of HD that's higher than on cable through the air. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that interests you. The only thing I, I would think that we've discussed so far would be like SVU. That's on local channels, but um, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I think I'll probably just get the the Hulu one again. That, that one, that one, that was fine. It was whatever. Prime, it was like whatever. I didn't care. I didn't care really. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I would say actually, there's a there's a bunch of services out there that I could do myself to prune. I would say that Peacock is definitely the lowest hanging service of them all, just because it actually has its tiniest library and comparatively i could could review them all right now but uh the the price is um it doesn't make sense for what they offer they offer like a fraction of any other service for the price of most other services so i don't know when they're gonna like get slid into another uh uh, service which is probably what will happen along with hbo i think hbo will probably get slotted into some other service at some point as well um but uh i don't know the consumer will not win. That much I can guarantee. <laughs> Did you used to have Netflix physical 
Like where you'd mail it back and forth? Yeah, Did absolutely. Did you ever do that? Yeah, that's how I started off um, learning about film was uh, back when I was in photography class, I started kind of, I mean, like I had Netflix before that, but I didn't really start thinking about film until we watched a couple of like capital F films, which I don't remember what they were in mm -hmm. uh, photography class. And then it was mainly about like learning. It was like early days in the class that I took for two years where it was basically to teach us about framing and what framing even was and the words meant and et cetera. She would pause and be like, what is this? Is this composition? Is this texture, et cetera? And um, it was, uh, I don't know. It was something something like medieval that won an Oscar, I'm sure, like in the 70s or 60s or something. Um, yeah. Agony and the Ecstasy. That's what it was. Huh. Because it was about an artist, right? Isn't that about like Michelangelo and anyway? It was, it was good it was good to talk i had a lot of good framing and, and matte matte paintings and stuff like that so uh that was what i learned on and then i started learning about film and then just in the concept and then i was like oh, i don't know maybe i should watch some of these and i remember the thing that i did at the time was i got this like um binder of like 50 um films from uh Jan the janus film collection because i was a, i was a criterion head but I didn't really know that I only knew Criterion films. I didn't know like old films. Like I knew Pulp Fiction, but I didn't know like, you know, anything Russian or anything like that. So yeah. <laughs> I got, so I was like, so, so I like went to Barnes and Noble or one of those stores. And when one of them was going out of, out of business or whatever, where I was, I think it might've been early college, maybe even I was able to get that thing and I still have it somewhere here. And Hastings. It's, it's yeah, a big old stack. Exactly. It had, it had a big old stack of DVDs in there. And I could flip through each one and like it had a little like booklet and I could like read about each one and stuff. And it was the perfect thing for someone who knew nothing about any of this to like go through and be like, oh, this is the significance of this. And then you put the DVD in and you watch the three and a half hour movie and you're like, oh, I've learned something. But like The yeah. Seventh Seal was on there. And, you know, all the films you're going to think that are black and white Criterion movies or most of them are black and white. And you're going to be like, those are the movies that you're going to watch in film class. Here's your syllabus. And those were all on there. But then eventually I was like, well, what are the ones that I can't get to? Mm -hmm. You know, what are the ones that I, and you couldn't get online at that time. It was too, there wasn't a place to go for like specific films that people were like posting, even illegally. There wasn't like a place you could just go search for something that would have seven seeds, even on like the Pirate Bay or something. You were just, that didn't exist. So wow. Netflix was my option. So I went to IMDb mm -hmm. top 100 and worked my way down. And this was... I don't know I was still a teen probably, and I just went right through it, and I got the four DVDs at a time thing, and I just went ch -ch 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 -ch, like is every day I try to watch as many films as possible, and I bet you I worked my way down to, except for like a few films that I felt like were completely un I couldn't connect with or whatever, mm -hmm. I judged at that time anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, I I watched through almost everything I could, and I don't even remember half of them. If you ask me half them now, I bet you I couldn't even remember, but there, a lot of them really stuck with me, um, and those are mostly criterion films so like when someone brings up like i don't know uh i can't even remember the names a lot of them were french um let's see yeah i usually just headline this shit as as like whenever um whenever like at a party someone is like oh like, what kind of movies do you watch which is like it's, and you know which is fine sometimes i'm that person right like yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm not i'm not really talking shit right i'm just holding up a mirror what i'm saying is is that like if i'm not really in the mood i'll just be like you know french shit you know yeah <laughs> shit in black and white exactly that makes you sad and it makes you want a clove cigarette yeah <laughs> and i've never like kept like a list that's the problem i guess is like a lot of people do their letterbox and their their all that stuff and i i just don't like keeping itemized lists of like inventories of things i've watched i find that to be like a habit that i'm not 
gonna i don't enjoy that habit um like keeping i mean i lists. feel like it's hard if i started watching movies before letterboxd ever even existed right like i've had like yeah i never even knew about it until like a couple of years ago so yeah yeah well like whatever i have a goodreads i don't use it yeah i, I only scrabble because it does it automatically yeah yeah i guess my computer would still be scrabbling if i had my pc open but <laughs> Love to scrabble. Yeah, somewhere last Still FM. scrabbling is, after all these years. Last FM collecting all those listens and giving me recommendations I haven't looked at for 15 years. So you tell me the coincidence between uh, the cursive song I listened to in high school and uh, I don't know whatever I listened to last week, a Kanye song. It's gonna find the the middle point between those two songs and give me the perfect listen for tomorrow. I'll, that's what I'll find out. Um, we should create a music playlist of all of like the best reality stars, right? So like we can mm -hmm. put like, I mean, obviously I feel like we'd Kim. have to start with Paris Hilton's mm -hmm. "Stars Are Blind." I Kim. mean, oh, well, see, Kim has a song too. I mean, I'm just saying it started with Paris. Oh, but, definitely you know, started whatever. with Paris. Yeah. Yes. yeah, you know, yeah, sure, yeah, all of it <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yes. Um, yeah, actually, that's a that's an excellent idea because I know that there's um. I'm, there's got to be some DJ Polly D out there, even without having seen much of that. I know that that's an artist that <laughs> has to be published on Spotify somewhere. Like <laughs> um, the creative output of uh, reality stars is actually kind of interesting to me, and I would like to look into that at some point and just see, like, I don't know what these people are doing, like when they're not in front of a camera, and seeing like what they do outside that. Um, well, again, and I like I immediately feel like the lines start to blur because I immediately wanted to put on not just Hannah Montana, but also Miley Cyrus. And then I also wanted to put Drake on there. And of course, Britney, you know, like, but like they didn't start as like, you know, they start, they were like actor actors. Yeah, yeah, that is how Drake got broken out into the world. I, I do love that fact. <laughs> Right, but it feels like like Eddie Murphy and Bruce Willis made songs too. Yeah. Like why? Why did that happen? Why did any of that happen? There's actually a very interesting story about the Bruce Willis singing career. Um uh apparently someone convinced him to do it. He was like he was jazzed on singing and then someone convinced him that he was like good at it and then he his confidence kind of took him the rest of the way, I guess. Um so, like, in other words, no one ever necessarily thought he was great, but everyone around him was willing to not say that long enough for him to make two albums <laughs> or maybe two and a half. Um, I don't know that song, though. I, I actually put Return of Bruno. Um, that's that uh, I played a song from that on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it wasn't terrible. It was just very it was the most basic 80s song it wasn't bad. It was just, it sounded like 55 other songs. Um, yeah, but Eddie Murphy, uh, dancing on, uh, no, that was uh, Lionel Richie. Excuse me. Party All the Time. I actually love Party All the Time. I think it's a great song. But, <laughs> uh, it's no Heartbeat by Don Johnson, though. How about that? Wow, don't even, wasn't even aware of that one. That's actually a great song. I actually like that one. Um, no, I'm gonna have to pull. I'm, I'm gonna pull it up. Is it on Spotify? Definitely, a hundred percent. You can play it for the audience. <laughs> it's 
it's excellent. we'll just drop a link because otherwise like you know oh yeah i'll, I'll put it I'll, I'll mix it into the end okay hold on let me find it though um <laughs> oh wow it is on here oh yeah oh wow his artist photo mm -hmm. on spotify yeah oh frank stallone yeah oh uh macho man randy savage has a whole rap album it's pretty great um, oh so so did so did the hulk <laughs> the hulkster the hulkster did too yeah he had a he, hulkster uh, had a bunch of shit macho man started a beef in his and then and then uh i think H hogan might have tried to settle it in his album <laughs> wow yeah it got real there in the wwe rap crew they were really wow no they were they were they were they, it, it was like it, it, it sounds like the most like contentious like thing like like the most contentious rivalry in music i love the uh, like until east coast west coast <laughs> rap came along and then you know then then finally and, th and that that particular beef got you know dwarfed but until then yeah, I'd like to know. Yeah. I li actually, you know, the way that it worked out was they were actually on rival wrestling crews at the time. Um, Macho Man was, let's see, he was like NWO, and then Hogan was with the, like WCW or something like that. But then he uh -huh. came back to WWE at some point, um, maybe when they bought that. I don't know. I only have vague memories of that period in my life. But <laughs> there's some wrestling news for you from 25 years ago. Wow. So. Reality television. It's a thing that exists. Something I and watched a little bit And we love to of. talk about it. And we love and, to talk about it. And it's crazy intersections with things like uh, uh, Bruce Willis's singing career. Exactly. <laughs> so here's something I've been watching a little bit recently. Okay. Yeah, what have you been watching? I've been watching Teen Mother. Oh. Which is not, which is Teen Mom. And, right. Uh, no, and but I'm, you're just being extra respect, respectful, which I appreciate. I am being extra respectful. In the UK, they call it um, uh, Teen Mom US. No, they call it Teen Mom. Oh, I fucked up the joke. Teen Mom US is what they would call it. We actually do have a show. If you go on the, on the streaming services, Teen Mom is available to you to watch. If you'd like to watch the British flavor of Teen Mom. Um, Teen Mom is an exquisite show. Uh, if you're as yet unaware... It uh, catalogs um, kind of the everything about the lives of mothers of um, children. Uh, let's say they're all between 16 and 19 is basically it. Um, and uh, you're going to follow their story from pretty much as soon as the film crews can find out that they're pregnant and pretty much for the rest of their life. And I think that um, having watched the show for now, two seasons and cracked a little bit into teen mom two um after the second season now to kind of watch it chronologically um it's it's hard to not look at it as and this is no understatement it has to be the m largest amount of effort ever undertaken to like document the lives of people on like a long-term kind of project basis like there's no way i mean seven up definitely did that over 49 or however many years but that was just a, a group of like 30 people or whatever and they, a lot of those numbers dropped off over the years very quickly because they didn't want to participate or whatever um and they're all british as well so that doesn't mean anything to the american experience necessarily and it was a long time ago but these kids are born right in the heat of everything right around you know uh let's say a dozen or so years ago and uh 
that show was hugely popular at the time. And I wasn't really sure why necessarily. And now it totally makes sense to me because right. it's, it's even at a base level for reality TV fans, it had to be entertaining for anyone who is tuning in for like, you know, the, the, if you're like, I'm going to be a armchair sociologist watching this, it's going to blow you away. If you're tuning in for the family drama or just maybe even you like relate with, you just want to see some mother succeed or otherwise, like it's really all, all about that. And really, I think the key to watching the show is, and, and I might've said it before, but like thinking, think of the children as like the protagonists and the mothers are, you know, you, you root for them too. And they're all trying their best and you love them. And, and some of them do wonderful jobs. But um, I think if you think about the children as the protagonist, it makes everything really make sense. And I think it makes teen mom really work as uh, uh, kind of the ultimate long-term documentary. I think um, even just cracking into teen mom too, at that point, then they'll be tracking eight moms and there's some other shows too that track other mothers. Um, but these are all long-term projects and they're all, as far as I know, almost all of them, at least I can say for a fact, are still running. So whenever those projects started, they're all still going. Um, and I didn't know that when I started. Um, and I don't mean to repeat myself except to say that, God damn, that is thousands and thousands of hours of crews filming many different families and getting to know them. And you have that ability to go click around in your remote and go watch it all um, and take an exploration through the last 10 years in family life um it's 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 like staring into an abyss of content really but it's also um i would say mtv makes a ton of reality shows that are excellent uh catfish you know to to start the list um but this is this is monumental really it it, it i hope i know it's been winning awards and it should be winning awards and those dr drew episodes at the end of each season and he goes back and talks about the physical and mental and you know verbal abuse that these people have been sharing and stuff like that. He um, he does a perfect job at it of addressing everything in time and in the right groups and making sure that like oh if these people are sharing an experience they're sitting together next to him he's talking to them both at the same time or I don't know he's doing all the right things right and he's avoiding all the wrong things that I was kind of afraid of that might happen. Um, I don't know. Uh, Teen Mom has really. Uh, taught me a lot of things uh you know uh macy i'll I'll just i'll just give you the four basic teen moms real quick uh macy no i like i started googling because i wanted to like see who like well i wanted to see like the timeline let's say this let's say you want to get interested in this and you want to jump off and you want to you want to see what teen mom is all about you would want to go watch the 16 and pregnant episodes for macy farah amber and caitlin and that's all season one um and those will take you, you'll watch those, watch those four, and then you can just watch Teen Mom, and then it'll all make sense to you from there. And then after a season, if you watched two seasons of that, you can watch um, the origins for the characters on 16 and Pregnant for Teen Mom 2. Um, starting with Janelle, which will be probably the one you'll see first. I think it might be the first one on there, and you can go and watch those as well. Um, but I'm just getting into those, so I don't want to speak on Janelle yet. Uh, but uh, Macy is well. They're all. They're all. You, you want to. You do. You do want everything to go well for them. And uh, the world is a difficult place for them all in different ways. And uh, they all face different uh, different issues. Like for example, uh, Macy has probably the worst um, husband who's like available. 
like his his parents basically have taken over parenting duties um in a way where they would have taken over parenting duties even if he wanted like he he he's completely mm-hmm. absent from any responsibility he, he's kind of mentally i mean it's not literally this but he's he's definitely like pretending like it's not even happening fatherhood um yet he fights pretty hard for what are not even his own wants for for um keeping the kid you know he just wants to hand it off to his parents he doesn't actually personally want to raise the kid and spend time with him himself so it's always hollow whenever he's trying to argue for more time or anything with the kid which is very um a little bentley it's very difficult to watch that but you know that's happened many times in Hmm. our own lives i'm sure we've seen plenty of that um and then there is uh there's Farah who's um, an interesting case as well. She's she's the teen mom of note uh, in the world. If you've ever heard of a teen mom being involved in any kind of uh, adult content, this is that teen mom, Farah. She's also of note because she's um, widowed. Her father died in while she was pregnant um, in a car accident. So that's a completely unique. Um, angle on everything which really doesn't come up too much until season two and then it takes a real they finally focus a lot on that in season two both the proving the the parentage uh of her child and also um her relating with the family who wants kind of nothing to do with her for unclear reasons um except for like a sister who can like help out in some ways um it's very very odd uh, but I haven't seen enough of the story really to fully know um, how to explain what exactly is happening yet. Um, Amber is really interesting. That's a case of sort of like we talked about with the ex-mayor of Cape Coral who got fired for, uh, it's a kind of a reverse, it's a role reversal for like physical abuse and otherwise. Um, Amber is uh, uh, in a relationship with Gary, who's three years older. Um, Gary is... Uh, there's a there's a famous Twitter account with around 140 150 thousand followers. Gary from Teen Mom. I don't know if you ever seen that account. It's an early follower uh, mutual of mine. Uh, it's just a comedy account, um, sort of. It's just I don't know who it is really, um, but mm-hmm. they they post some great stuff and have since Gary from Teen Mom was like a joke. People would like know immediately who that is, but I had no idea who it was until I watched the show. And now the name Gary from Teen Mom using that as a Twitter handle totally makes sense to me. Is like. Every time I see it now, I laugh because it's like, yeah, it's Gary from Teen Mom. He's like the guy who tries but yet is completely ignored. And even when he's trying, <laughs> he's just – he's like a cloud hanging around trying to do the best he can. And he's just moving through the room and <laughs> having little to no success. Um, and then there's Caitlin. Uh, Caitlin, um, Caitlin is, a, is a mom who – um, gave her child up for adoption and she's with um, she's in a wonderful couple as well and the father um, they they live together as a couple um, and hope to have a child of their own one day when they can be responsible enough to have a child of their own but it's just seeing the way and following even at this point for over a year of their trials of just the emotional toll of having a child and then putting them up for adoption and seeing what that has on these, you know, uh, 16, 17, or, well, no, they're both 18 as of where I am now, but 16, 17 year olds where you start, seeing them go through that and then like they had to do an open adoption. So they have the ability, which is like something I wasn't aware of was like a thing necessarily, but I was learned about it through the show where they, um, 
at the one year point they got to go visit like their child in person and get like their parents gave them like a little book of photos and and stuff and they got to interact with them it was like a huge moment in their lives and even though they're you can see how adult they've become so quick that even at that point i don't know if they're 18 or just 18 but they're like acting like they're you know 30 it's 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 incredible in that moment to see how like parenthood transforms even these teen parents and and they're they're the i mean they don't have a child to prove how responsible they are but i'm pretty sure if they did have their child they probably would be the most well macy's very pretty responsible but i'm pretty sure they would be the most responsible parents but they don't even have the option because they made the choice that having a child personally instead of giving it to another family would you know be better for their child in the long run and they already see after a year they see the results and they're happy that they gave their child up for adoption they see the life that it has free of the confusion and um, instability of their lives and they're happy for that result and seeing uh, young people explain that in detail is stunning and there's no way that you can access that through any other television program that whole thread of of teen parenthood i found very um stunning um but i mean there's so many dynamics going on there um, and there's laughs. There's a lot of laughs. I mean, especially once you know the characters and you know context that maybe this isn't as bad as it is then, you know, watching this 10 years down the line. So clearly the calendar has changed. You know, the seasons of life have come and gone. And uh, you can laugh sometimes when, you know, people are making fun of each other every once in a while because you know that, like, the circumstances are totally different now. Everyone's detached from that. Um, but, yeah. And even seeing Gary try to do his best as a father... Um, when even when he's not failing, it's funny because it's so genuine, and then, and then he's so unappreciated. It's like uh, I don't know. There's some dark comedy to be found in that because you. I mean, that's what you're watching. You're watching the human drama, uh, you know, appear right in front of your eyes. And sometimes there's tragedy. Frequently there's tragedy, but frequently there's comedy. So it's awkward. Even if it's awkward, you're going to awkwardly laugh a lot. You're going to because it's going to just come out of you. That's how I've felt so far while watching this. It's, you're not laughing at. You don't want someone to feel bad. You're laughing because you just can't help that you're watching these two people say these awkward things to each other. And you're like, you just, you're helpless to just go through it. And then you end up. Julia Louis-Dreyfus meme of her laughing. What the fuck? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of like that kind of like throwing your, your, like rolling your eyes and laughing. If that was like a, an emotion, I don't know how to describe Mm -hmm. that. That's what it is. I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a question. So how far how far in are you on Teen Mom? I am up to um, through season two, and I've okay. watched all the teen uh, sixteen and pregnant episodes for the Teen Mom two cast, and now I'm into. I've watched episode one of Teen Mom two, I believe. I believe. Okay. Okay. Maybe not though. So because because I'm, I'm like because I'm I'm like looking at this like timeline, and it it is wild. So like these these so there's uh, at least according to the Wikipedia there are a total of nine seasons, and and continuing I believe it is still in production. Yeah, I, I it, it see it it appears. And there's to a Teen be... Mom three as well, which has more moms ah. on it. Um, yeah, yeah. So like it looks like yeah, like this second phase started in the middle of season seven, um, and. Again, like I, I can't imagine this is a spoiler, it, but it says that in the middle of season seven, Bristol Palin joins the cast. Which which show is that one though? Teen Mom Two. Uh, t- it's a, it says Teen Mom OG. I, okay. I don't know. I, I'm going by what it says on the Wikipedia. I would imagine that yeah. that's the second iteration. Although it looks like this is actually this like 
yeah, like uh, one of them exits and two people come in is what it looks like. Okay. Um, and then Bristol Palin is only around for this like second half of the season. It appears that they are only in it very briefly. Oh, okay. Um, but you know, but kind of to that point of like where, like where, um, I don't know, like if like like the Farah Abraham person. Mm-hmm. Um, that name was familiar to me, even though I had never seen an episode of Teen Mom. It's like of the porn, name porn was... websites. Yeah, that's why. You and know. And, yeah. and and tabloids, yes. frankly. Yes. Um, and I feel like that was the first time that I heard her name was not even the porn sites. Oh. Like it was the tabloids well, telling me about you know the porn sites. But it's not. And yeah, actually, like... the, the first reason actually you might have heard about her is not even that. It's because her mom famously actually beat her up. Uh, between season one and two uh oh and went got arrested um and there's photos of uh farah like bleeding from the lip and stuff and that was actually i think maybe the first time like team mom broke into like tmz zone um Mm -hmm. when like i do not recall that Oh, okay that was Um, i i kind of when i saw the photo i was like oh i remember who that lady was with the busted lip now i remember she's the teen mom's mother and now i know who farah is so now it kind of makes sense mm -hmm. but teen moms well anyway that's just fascinating because no i have no idea i had no idea that it was like a cultural phenomenon like like i like i'm looking i mean because at least two of those names i recognized without even knowing anything i mean obviously bristol palin's name yeah because i'm a politics nerd but like even farah abraham i was like oh that's where that name started i i again i had no clue so it's just it's funny to also like know of people because of the tabloids right like the tab like the tabloid is being like hey check out this person who's doing this thing and i'm like well i had no idea who they were i had no idea about their show i guess that's promotion yeah i mean that's the thing you hear about people through osmosis and i feel like you know um i'm not like isn't that's like what notoriety is i feel like if you know about someone even without like reading about them you just you just happen to it enters your brain um, I think about like um, uh, the the women on uh, Housewives. I've been watching more Housewives. I actually forgot to mention that, but I watched up through um, all of season one of Housewives. I think I cracked into season two, um, and that show is uh, really fascinating. Uh, the more that I watch, the more that I recognize it is really what I. Um, it is not what I always thought it was. It really is kind of what I did see it as going into it. Like when I first started watching some episodes, it really is a lot of um it's like friendship building it's like friendship building with kind of the and money isn't removed from it because like i said there are people uh like i said before there are people that are not as like that private jet kind of lifestyle in it so um but you have private jet lifestyle people dragging around people who don't have the private jet lifestyle assuming that they kind of are in that position which makes them uncomfortable which is very interesting because you have like uh one of the wives their family owns the palms casino um, and you know, one of them is just like kind of right, right. Um, the real way, the real way to say it is like a has been child star, and so you know she's living off royalties and stuff, and uh, living a decent life, nice house in Beverly Hills, but you know, doesn't have a private jet or a f- football team or <laughs> a casino in Las Vegas or anything like that. So, um, it makes for. Uh, Really interesting viewing. And also, uh, Kelsey Grammer, his wife, um, 
is well he's very present on the show that's also why i bring up his name he is like extremely present on the show like he is in the show a lot which i didn't know um but also his wife is very very interesting um i think she's the most interesting character in the entire show because she feels it feel i feel like she is the only one trying to like make a her own kind of uh character make her own kind of like personality out of this like everyone else has their own kind of thing going on or they're tired of creating having their own thing going on but she actually wants to have like you can tell she wants to like build a brand or something like that or at least like have people like her even though nobody knew who she was before that show i I guess um it's kind of interesting to watch that uh it's a lot less fighting and a lot more um yeah just like getting getting through uh the difficulties of making new friends because really season one is just about them becoming friends they're not even friends yet um only a couple of them are are friends and a couple of them kind of knew each other and they've been like parties together but they were never like a group of women who hung out so season one is really just you're just watching them become friends and they don't even really argue that much uh if anything the only time they're arguing is about something like in really dumb like table settings or something like that it's never they're never really having conflict so maybe season two will insert the conflict that the show becomes so famous for where they're constantly screaming and yelling at each other but i haven't seen it yet i mean if you don't know where the dessert spoon goes (laughs) i know that i don't even know what the fuck to tell you i have been warned that real housewives of atlanta should be the next one i jump to um after i i get tired at least of this one since there are so many seasons of all these to watch i mean it'd be a combined like 25 or 30 seasons of these shows so i'm gonna have to jump around um so a real housewives of, of atlanta i've heard is crazy saucy and like really funny because they the people are just completely um they're like reality tv ready as you would say they're they're ready to start arguing about where the dessert spoon goes yeah you don't have to invite them to the bad girls club they're already in it and you're inviting them on your show (laughs) is all they need to just do it up uh so that'll be the one i check out next just because i want to see like what the saucy side of that show is because so far it's not really that saucy it's just like i don't know it looks like uh it's fun to watch but it's not like that i want that i want to see what everyone watches those shows for and i want to see how long it takes to get there so i'm going through that process um we have like three minutes on the clock before it, it says the uh, like i now i noticed that the zoom thingy oh, has like a little timer up there okay. well, yeah. i'll say this in three minutes um <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about kathy um, the only thing that I want to bring up that has been kind of fucking with my mind is, um, uh, I mean, and, and we we've we talked about it a little bit last week, but like the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial, yes. mm-hmm. its coverage is actually kind of like unsettling me. Yes, I don't like it. I, 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 I don't today, like it whatsoever. The stuff I saw today in the back and forth on Twitter, and like I'm I'm almost ready to like mute those words, and I don't even really do that that much at all. It's just brands usually. Um, but yeah, it's really difficult to watch the detail that they're yeah. going into and in just like uh, the tweet threads. It's like, there's like a lot, there's a video that's like three minutes long and they're going like, they're just painfully listing it out. It's like, it's it's like, it's like the fucking Zapruder footage. Like, honestly, like there's enough abuse in there for like 15 different relationships between the both of them. It's, it's completely unbelievable. I don't even know why they're keep continually going on about it. It's like just split everything in half. They've been torturing each other for the moment they, since the moment they knew each other. It sounds awful. I don't even know like who's all of this sounds. I, I couldn't imagine. I, I just like it. And it also just reminds me of that, like, 
that woman who met her soulmate and she wrote about it um that that she was a character of the day like recently where she was like she she, she's this woman who wrote this profile for like the new york times where she was like i met my soulmate and like left my husband and my two kids but i haven't talked to my soulmate since i met him four months ago or whatever and and like i I didn't read the article because i don't have a new york times subscription because i'm not one of those people Hmm. i mean i have a i I know how to get around paywalls i just don't care right so Anyway, I, I was just looking at all of the like, um, uh, like the 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 uh, the conversation, the mm. the uh, the dialectic, the the discussion. Yeah, I'm trying the not discourse. To, I'm trying not to that occurred as it. a result. Yeah, yeah, and but anyway, all that is a way of saying like like this is like kind of the hard part where I'm like, is is this like w- one of these things where it's like. Like you're doing this for attention. Who am I to give it to you? Right. Also, I would say this. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to watch Fear and Loathing anymore because finding out that basically Johnny Depp is just, uh, I don't know, the actual Raul Duke. Basically, like, have you did you see like those quotes from today that came out? He's they're like they're like alcohol Johnny isn't cocaine Johnny and cocaine Johnny isn't isn't uh, Adderall Johnny and Adderall Johnny isn't Quaaludes Johnny and Quaaludes Johnny isn't. It's like she went on and on and said like eight different drugs in a row. And I was I read that quote and I was like, he, he is just Hunter S. Thompson's character. Wow. Like, and where is he getting Quaaludes in? Well. Of course. In the year whatever. of our Lord 2020. Yeah, exactly. Whenever they were dating. Yeah. That's like from what? Cosby. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, mm. yeah exactly. They were um, about to get kicked off. Yeah, so strange. And, and they're we're about all... to... They're... Cam back. Okay. Our audience at home, uh, I'm sure there is just a tiny amount of minimum. <laughs> I'm sure there is music there. Maybe there was. Maybe there wasn't. And there was music. We'll fix this by next time. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's totally like not a big deal. This is just what happens yeah. in like the world we live in now. That's just what yeah, it is. Yeah. It was it's such a wild story. I, yeah. I, I was tracking that today um, I, for a little while and I was, yeah, so thrown off by I just couldn't couldn't look at it anymore. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, anyway, like it it just kept reminding me of this conversation we've had about like the ethics around this, right? Which is like, it feels weird because it's like, well, what ethics if these people are putting it on display, right? Like, but then of course, you know, like, am, am I supposed to be paternalistic and be like, no, but they don't want us to look Yeah. like, but, but then it, but then again, it becomes like this, like, like because someone's doing it for attention you kind of don't want to look right like this this becomes this this like i I think that's where the sauce the magic sauce is made for reality tv you have to find that like right balance of bonkers bananas enough that it's like real still like real bonkers bananas but like not so bad that it makes you feel bad for watching it like as 
like an exploitive mess, but, right. but there has to be like a dash, right? And and like that's where this starts to feel like really uncomfortable for me. Teen Mom is uh, maybe a show where you'll see that line tread very carefully, um, and because they take it, I'd say they take it right up to the line in terms of like what you can get by watching. So, but they do it successfully. So. Um, I would also say this, uh, watch enough catfish, which I highly suggest just go watch a few episodes of catfish just from the latest season. Even you don't have to know everything about the show. Maybe watch the movie first if you haven't seen that. Um, but, uh, go watch a episode of catfish. You'll get one episode will teach you what you need to know about how the show works and stuff. And then you can kind of like go back and watch any of them. Uh, but did you just say catfish the movie? Yeah. Have you seen that? No, there was a movie. Yeah, yeah, that, that's how it all started. Neve got catfished, and then um, he actually got catfished oh. again, as it turns out after that. But that's the movie. Yeah, the, 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 there's a catfish documentary that actually kicked off all of it, um, where Neve uh, is making a little documentary about his like long distance <gasps> girlfriend, and then he finds out he's getting catfished, and then makes a documentary. Well, his brother, I guess, makes a documentary about it. I think. Yeah, that happened. Uh, I, I've been catfished. Oh, I feel I feel like it's fairly common. Yeah, I guess I have this too, but it's funny to. Yeah, well, it's a good show. It'll blow your mind almost every episode, I think, for yeah. one way or another, because you'll find out how nasty someone is or you'll find out how, how kind someone is or all of a sudden those people will actually be in love or something like that. Or you'll never know really the ending of the episode till you get there. So. So weird. Um weird some really great comedy in that show too the hosts are excellent at turning awkward situations into some kind of comedy um and kind of redeeming it as an entertainment show so i would say that is also like a great it's a it's kind of a it's a light show to watch it's not like heavy in the drama necessarily although it can be from time to time but i would say genuinely uh generally it's a kind of a more of a i'm gonna put this on a saturday afternoon kind of a show like it'll work for that but uh, the show is genius, and the production team is genius too. And you get to see their little studio every once in a while, and they're, where they're tracking wow. their 15 million catfish cases that they're trying to like get ready for a show. And that wow. has to be a job, man. I don't know. I don't know how they do that. Uh, that's quite a team they have to organize. Um, excellent show, though. It deserves all those Emmy awards it has. But the MT, the thing, the reason I was bringing it up is because I was going to say the MTV reality team, whoever is in charge of their reality franchises, what do they have? They had, I mean, their competition shows that we remember from the past and all those things like road rules and all that. And, you know, uh, all the ones that they have going on now, which I haven't even dipped into really, but man, like, um, they, they're killing it. They're literally winning Emmys. So <laughs> they're kind of making the best reality TV out there, maybe because they've been doing it for such a long time. Like they, they kind of invented it sort of with uh, real, real world. So, um, yeah, that's my recommendation is really just go explore the MTV library. Oh, uh, one other thing, one other show that I recently dipped into. This is some homework for our audience. Go and check out on YouTube the very first episode of uh, um, a, shot of, a Shot at Love with Tila Tequila. Go watch the first five minutes of the first episode, and then that's all you need to watch. Just watch the intro to that show. Incredible. In Unbelievable. Just, you don't even know. You don't even know what I'm setting you up for. You're going to hear so many things. Uh, you're going to be, you know what? I almost, I almost, hold on. I'm just going to play it for you. Hold on. Because the audio is all you need, really. Here we go. No, 
it's episode three. Where is it? Here we go. And mind you, this is like some like uh, fucked up altered version of the episode. It's slightly, you know, for the YouTube, but you get the point. She was popular in MySpace at the time. Forgot that part of the show. Broken by both men and women, and I'm tired of being alone. Now I'm going to take charge of my life and find the perfect one for me. I'm about to meet 16 gorgeous straight guys who think I'm searching for the man of my dreams. This is our first co watch, it's only going to last like four minutes, but. Mm hmm. Those are guys, by the way. The women unaffected. The guys freaking out. Answer, you'll find out in season two. Okay, but like... See, the thing is, is that, like, when I hear Tila Tequila, I immediately think of MySpace. Because, like, she was the first, like, social media star. Right. That's what, yeah. So she was talking about, like, she, 2 she million had, followers like, or friends or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, only Tom had more friends on MySpace yep. than she did. Yeah. I don't even know how that happened exactly. Um, we could probably get into that as a con as a subject for the show, though. That would actually be pretty cool. Um, I don't know how, like, you get... Let me turn the microphone. I don't know how you get 2 million followers on MySpace in those days because it's not like, you know, the algorithm worked the way that it does now either. It, think... it, it was it was literally perfecting chain mail, though, because, like, that's what the al algorithm really was, was chain mail, right? Like, I mean, it was, it, it was, you've just gotten this email, send it to 10 of your friends or something awful will happen. Like, like you know, like, and text do it like you know the emoji spam copy pasta things like do it but it was really the same yeah. it was really just a chain letter right and like that's yeah. probably what she did was she it was just her essentially just going hey uh, tell all your friends to add me and that's actually um how the show found its contestants as well a shot at love um and i bring this up only because i was i remember this from being a, a goon something awful forms there's a guy who tried to rig the system to get everyone on something awful to go and vote for him repeatedly every day to get on the, on the program and uh, it didn't work uh they figured it out and they were able to like uh, weed him out uh but they ended up giving him some kind of like consolation prize that i remember was kind of like ironic and funny in some way like to almost like a like, kind of like a fuck you to him i don't remember what it was though but i remember like something there was some extra drama onto that like once he got uh not accepted of course everyone even who voted for him thought it was funny that he didn't get on. So, um, uh, I know that that happened a couple other times too. I think I want to say, I love New York, uh, might've had someone, a goon try to get on that one too. If that was like one of those like crowdsource your competitors kind of things. Um, but yeah, I'm going to look into that show a little bit just because I found the intro so completely outrageous. Um, and, uh, well, I mean, do you, I mean, and I don't, I don't want to give anything away if the answer is no, but do you know anything about Tila Tequila already? I, I completely unresearched blank topic. Okay. Okay. All right. 
okay well then uh vaya con dios like i believe in you yeah um okay. i you are about to like go on a ride i'm gonna give you, you a report to... i'll come back with a little a little report for you oh i i imagine that by the this time next mm-hmm. week when we revisit this topic you're just gonna mm-hmm. you, you will have gone it's for true. quite a ride oh yeah Th- that's all i'll say i'm gonna, I'm gonna go to, i'm gonna go to the i'm gonna go to the, the something off of forums i'm gonna go in the archives i'm gonna get it all mm-hmm. i'm gonna find all the old posts I'm going to dig it all up because this is something that I can actually tell you about first person from my own perspective that I actually kind of remember. Um, and we can see how the internet got up to um, hijacking reality shows all the way back then. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like the, 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 I know that the Bachelor verse, uh, what are the Bachelor fans called again? Those fans, the fans of the Bachelor. I know that they kind of like have like a real lock on um, voting for certain people. Like they kind of like, I'm not even kidding. They actually kind of like uh, caucus. You know, they argue online about like who they're all going to like vote for, essentially. How like, funny. In a block. Yeah. So, I you mean, know, they, they don't even know they're caucusing, they but they do, are. <laughs> that's why they should do what America's Funniest Home Videos used to do, which is like, yeah, you can ask the audience, but you have to decide right then and there. There's no, there's no advanced gaming of the system. You're right. Yes. I don't know if you remember that, but America's Funniest Home Videos with Bob Saget. Yeah. Originally, the audience got to determine who was the ultimate prize winner at the end of the show. I actually forgot that concept. I didn't know that was part of the show. Yeah, and then they would reach forward in their little seats, and they would get like a little remote control thingy, and I, I guess it had a series of buttons, and they got to vote for video one, two, or three. I don't remember how many videos there were. Wow. I think three. But they would be like, all right, audience, lock in your votes. And then uh, you'd see all of the audience members reach for their seat. Like in the seat in front of them, there was like a little remote, and they would like click. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to. Uh, that would be a really fun thing for us to like do like a co-watch kind of like over sort of so, like to have like a watch along since, I mean, no copyright can exist for those like 90s episodes or not that anyone cares about. So um, I'll bet you they do. The fucking Viacom company is probably like fucking sending down. We'll figure out a sneaky watch, way no, to get around it. For it. Actually, uh, tracking down the original to- episodes might be difficult unless you go on YouTube, but. Yeah, um, no, I'm going I'm going onto the YouTubes right now and looking up America's. I mean, hopefully because of um I say hopefully because of Bob Saget's death. <laughs> but you know, I'd like to think Bob Saget would think that was a funny setup. Um <laughs> hopefully because of Bob Saget's death, there have been a lot of new America's funniest home videos compilation vids. Yes, certainly there have. And I would also say, I know that there's some guy that hosts it now. He's the guy that used to host, um, he's, oh yeah, by the way, that show still exists. It's called AFV now. Um, what? Yeah. What? It's always existed and never went away as far as I know. Um, and it's, yeah, it still exists. It's hosted by someone else. I think. First episode of America's Funniest Home Videos with Bob Saget on AFV Classics channel. Like, this is their channel. Here's every clip from the very first episode of America's Funniest Home Videos, including voiceover from Bob Saget. Wow. Well. Subscribe, question mark. Click here. Even more funny videos here. Oh, you, we can go directly to their website. Let's see if it works. Oh, it just redirected me back to their channel. So, like, that's cool. 
That's what the Kill web is. Our try not to laugh challenge. Impossible. You want to you try to sit there silently for two hours? No. Hold there was, on, there's on, no way on. I would make it three videos. I would laugh. Um, do you want the one? Okay, there's three different try not to laugh challenges that I'm seeing in front of me. Okay. Uh -huh. One, somebody is being hit with a giant ball. Uh huh. Two, somebody's about to dive into a body of water. Okay. Three, someone is being scared by a funny mask person. The first one. You'll, and... la you'll laugh at the first one. Okay. Let's see. Giant ball sounds funny. Oh, this is a giraffe drinking a Pepsi. Oh, damn. Yeah, no, we are we are off to a great start. I'm thinking of like a Let jackass me... style clip where like a giant ball hits like an adult in the head and they like flip backwards or something. That's in, in my head I'm visualizing for this clip. No, what's, what's the YouTube simul watch? Uh... <laughs> website uh, tube sink or whatever because like i tell you like uh the the, the funny giraffe wait what can, am I can you still hear me right now yeah I can okay hear apparently you. i can play audio from my phone and uh okay now they're listening to this they're listening to these videos oh phenomenal so yeah okay you're, you're listening to a woman uh hanging upside down in a swing she landed on her head someone in an oculus freaking out she fell on the yeah, ground. Yeah, I don't know where these are from because, like, they, they feel cat? very mute. Oh, the, cat, the cat fell off the stoop. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I laugh. See, I already failed. Shit. I wasn't, wasn't even earnestly doing it. I laugh at the cat falling off the stoop. So, um, Tell guess... me when you get to the bucking bronco guy. Hi there. I see a squirrel licking a screen. I see a dog wanting a selfie. Oh, yeah, no, I'm at a minute 52. <laughs> These are the fails of the week. There you go. It is a two-hour fails of the week. I left that lady flipping over on the on the toboggan. I'm a real failure at this. I can't. I'm going to laugh at too much. I, I, I love to laugh. This <laughs> the, is the problem. The dog ate the carrot on the snowman. I'm laughing at that. I'm laughing at I mean... these rabbits hopping over each other. That, yeah, that, the the bunnies hopping on each other. That was still, and the, well, here comes the guy on the yep. already. I like I already closed the window just to let you know where I'm at. <laughs> and that's and that's where I'm at. So so yeah, I'm bad at uh, I'm bad at laughing at videos. <laughs> I'm the easiest audience. So never uh, never Hold try on. to test your stand-up material on me. It, it Hold on here, everyone. Here, play this one for the audience. I got a bucket. Yeah, well, I got a hose. Yeah, well, I got a whole pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bob Saget. Mickey Mouse. But he's almost too perfect, isn't he? Just once. Wouldn't you love to see him cut loose and get down? We're about to see Mickey Mouse get run over by a uh, float. Oh, here's a pickup truck on mud. Like, why are these <gasps> guys this is reality television. It's hard truck. to. They would ne like that. Disney would, you know, th that Disney footage would no, never. And remember that ABC is made now. This was an ABC owned, uh, ABC not owned by Disney. So, um, yeah, Disney is uh, well owned, has well owned ABC for a long time now. Um, yeah. So they would never allow that. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway. Like there, there it is. Like 
America's Funniest Videos, first episode, yeah. findable on the YouTubes. And, and my, so and my go prom- for it. <laughs> and, and so is uh, A Shot Love Teal Tequila. And my, my promise to you is I will have a big old report on that next week. I um, think maybe I should just subscribe to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it, do you think? Yes, I do. It's like eight ninety nine yeah. a month, or what is it twelve ninety nine? I do though because I hate the ads, and and it's it's good. It, it's great for using it like this because I don't have to worry about yeah that. So okay, yeah, no, I like that. And okay. we get that yeah, Zoom no, for us good. too. I mean, to make sure that we got that Zoom going. No, and I, I well, I'm, I I have my <laughs> Zoom account, so okay. like it doesn't matter. Instead, why don't we do this? You can just we can just use my Zoom. Cool. We can always use my Zoom. I don't care. That sounds great. And then uh and and then uh. I'll use your Paramount Plus so that you Sweet. can feel like you're getting some yeah, you mileage can, out of There you go. You can you can watch some Teen Mom. Perfect. <laughs> no, totally. I, I, I'm, like, fascinated now, and I kind of oh. want to skip forward to the Bristol Palin ones well, just because. you can like, time I'm, travel a little bit, but it is going to – I'm telling you, like, those kids, though – you're gonna you're gonna want to see every moment of their lives once you get attached to them. They're 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 lovable, and even when they're doing wrong, you're like they're just a kid. So, you know. Anyway, that's my take on it, Kathy. I he- hope to hear your take on it very soon. And, no, it's uh, gonna be fantastic. I'm gonna now just go watch a bunch of America's Funniest Home Videos, which is the original Jackass. It is. In fact, Bob. <laughs> I wonder if Johnny Knoxville and Bob Saget ever got together and talked about that. Cause, I hope uh, so. Because there's no doubt that America's uh, love for blood sport was invented with uh, AFV. America's Funniest Home Videos really took the <laughs> initial spot. <laughs> All right. I'm Bob Saget. And, and I'm America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> and this is Jackass. And that's where I'll play the song. That's such a good song. It just started. It just started playing exactly when I said that. Goodbye, everyone. Okay, bye.